Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, and I'm hopping back on the mic to do another slate breakdown for the impending Tuesday night NBA games. Before we get to that, I do need to do a little bit of tilting. And for the newer listeners or newer gamblers, tilting is talking about the annoying stuff, the bad beats, the things that pissed you off. There were three of them on the Monday night slate. Started off with the Detroit Pistons hitting a meaningless three-pointer with 14 seconds left, causing my biggest bet of the evening, the Portland Trailblazers minus six, which looked great all afternoon or evening. I'm in the West Coast, so it was like later evening for me. It caused it to push. They were clearly up. They were up double digits all game. They're up nine with 14 seconds left, and someone hits a three, and it ends at six. Ugh. That was a tough one to swallow. Then we went over to Cleveland. I was going to say the Celtics game. It was the Celtics game in Cleveland. And of course, Grant Williams makes a bonehead foul with four seconds left on Donovan Mitchell, sends him to the line. By sending Donovan Mitchell to the line, he forced overtime by hitting two. The Cavs end up pulling away and winning, not covering the Celtics plus 2.5. Celtics were winning all game long. And not only did I then lose the spread, by it going to overtime, I lost on the total two. So I was on the under. And it went over and overtime. I was on the Celtics plus two and a half. Cavaliers, late fourth quarter comeback, force overtime, end up winning by four, and I don't cover anything. Then we go over to Miami, where the Atlanta Hawks have been staying in it in Miami for a few days, taking them on. I was on Atlanta Hawks plus three, that cashed. I was on Atlanta Hawks over 227, that cashed. But I played two escalator plays in taking the money line and an alternate spread of minus four and a half. I talked about on the pod yesterday. I was looking at some alternate spread lines when they came out. I ran some numbers. I calculated, you know, percent likely outcome to expected value in the odds we were getting. And I found four and a half to be the right line for me to choose, knowing we got the best four possible outcomes, seven, five, six, and eight. Those are the four most common outcomes in the NBA in that order are all north of the minus 4.5. So that's the main reason why I took it. It was a nice odds boost at nearly 2-1. to one. Atlanta Hawks were winning by double digits for nearly the entire game. And of course, Miami with a late third quarter, fourth quarter comeback, end up taking the lead mid-fourth quarter, pulling away and winning. And we don't catch that ticket either. So it could have been a dominant night. Instead, it still ends up being a positive night. We end up sweeping the later after the late slate. I keep saying afternoon. It's definitely NBA definitely happens in the nighttime. We end up sleeping, sweeping. Now I'm sleeping. We end up sweeping the late night slate in the NBA. We still end up with a positive night. We went five, four, and one. We took home plus zero. 0.88 units, a little bit less than one unit. And because we are on this streak, because we are on such a roll, three winning days in a row, like nine out of our last 10, like freaking 27 of our last 30, I just decided I'm not going to stop doing podcasts until we lose, until we have a losing slate. So, of course, by saying that, I'm inherently jinxing myself and in, incoming. Tonight's the night where we lose. But I was looking at the board. I like some of these numbers. We're doing too well not to be breaking down these games right now. I said when I was going to start doing NBA content after NFL started, not sure how many of you guys were listening to all the NFL stuff, but I said pods were going to be two or three times a week. It looks like this is going to be at least a three-pod week for you guys. Let's go through the numbers. Let's talk about every game on the slate, give out best bets, 
gambling trends, line movement indicators, betting splits, you name it, a full-on cap session of the Tuesday, March 7th NBA slate starts now. The first game is the Washington Wizards taking on the Detroit Pistons. Washington goes to Detroit where the Pistons are on the second leg of a back-to-back. This line opened at six. It's still at six. The total hasn't even been posted yet. I'm jumping on the Wizards minus six right away, knowing that the Pistons are on the second leg of a back-to-back, knowing that the Wizards are like comfortably in that play-in area. I like the Wizards to take care of business. This Pistons team is truly atrocious. I think the Wizards match up well with them. There's not guard play on the Pistons that scares me. Guard play is what beats this Wizards team. Wizards have some scrappy uh, wing defenders in Kuzma and Avdia, Avdia, Denny. He's actually a pretty decent perimeter defender. And then you have KP and Gafford down low. It's the guards that take care of business against the Wizards. And I don't see Jaden Ivey and Alec Burke. And I think Hamadou Diallo actually got injured. He can go off some games, but who knows if he even plays. I like the Wizards minus six. We're seeing 71% of the bets and 81% of the money. So it seems like the public and the Sharps are aligned on this game. Heavy Wizards angle. I expect the Wizards line to climb to six and a half or seven. For that reason, I'm going to jump in on the Wizards minus six for half a unit right now. The next game on the board is the Bucks taking on the Orlando Magic in Orlando. The Magic are a seven-point home dog. This line opened at seven and a half. I jumped in on Magic plus seven. And my best bet of the night is Magic Bucks under 233. I thought this line was staggeringly high when I first saw it. The Bucks this season are 30, 33, and one towards the under. So 33 wins on the under, 30 wins on the over. The Magic are 31 wins on the over, 34 wins on the under. So these are both under teams, and we're getting a pretty high line. The Magic are completely inefficient shooters. The Bucs have a great defense. The correlated value between the plus seven and the under, there is always correlated value in any sport between taking the underdog and the under and the favorite and the over. This is something I've explained Many times, I'll do it again for you right now. The less points that are scored, so if there are 222 points scored, it totals 233 and ends up going under by a few, then inherently there's less possible outcomes for the Miami, the Miami, Milwaukee Bucks to cover a seven point spread. So when you take a plus seven or when you see a line going from seven and a half to seven, and when you see the total is still at its opening line of 233, you can expect it to correspondingly drop. So grabbing that opening line at 233, I thought, okay, I'm going to definitely gain some CLV, some positive closing line value. By the time this game tips off, I expect this line to be around 230, 230 and a half, 231 maybe. I expect to have some clear positive closing line value. I expect to correlate it between the magic plus seven and the under. For that reason, The under is a 1.5 unit play for me if you can get it under 233. It's posted at a few places right now. DraftKings and Caesars both have it at 233. FanDuel has it at 232.5. So those are the main ones that I use, and that's where you can get it right now. I expect this to drop. I still think if maybe if you're an only FanDuel user, first recommendation is sign up for other books because if FanDuel is legal, that means DraftKings and Caesars are too, and you should have... All the available odds. Line shopping is really important, but I would still feel comfortable getting 
in on the 232.5. Maybe the other books move this number by the time it's posted. The Philadelphia 76ers are traveling to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. Philadelphia also on the second leg of a back-to-back, now going on the road. They had a crazy game against Indiana. They ended up, I think they ended up winning. It was like almost 300 total points scored. Harden had 20 assists. Halliburton had 40 and 15. That dude's unbelievable. Um, Crazy game. Anyways, Philadelphia on the second leg of a back-to-back going against the Timberwolves. I don't trust this Timberwolves team when they play against stiff competition. I do expect the 76ers to present stiff competition. Maybe Embiid sits. He's sat on some second leg of back-to-backs. We're not sure yet. We've seen this line open at Philadelphia 76ers minus 2.5, and and it's come down, so they're only a a 1.5-point road favorite. I'm not going to get in. On the 76ers, there's a little bit of reverse line movement going on because 66% of the money is on the 76ers and 77% of the bets. So if there's less money than bets, that means the bigger money bettors are taking the Timberwolves right now. So it's generally a sign to find the Sharps. If the line movement and the splits show it towards the underdog, and that's where it's going, in this case, it's probably Sharps on the Timberwolves. I'm not going to jump in on that. I think the 76ers team is resilient. I think Harden really steps up, and he does often play back-to-backs. He's very durable, despite the hamstrings the last few years. So no plays on that game for me. Although, if you are going to play it, I would say the Timberwolves is the right side. The Knicks, the steaming hot Knicks, are back in the garden, taking on the Lamello-less Charlotte Hornets. So maybe MJ is going to come shoot up for suit up for them. Maybe it's scary Terry. The Knicks I'm showing. I always check the last five. WWWWW. I think it goes another five deep. What are the Knicks on a ten game win streak? Nine game win streak? Is this going for the tenth game? Anyways, the whole market thinks they're going to get it. Eighty six percent of the money, seventy five percent of the bets. Another situation where the sharps. And the public are aligned, and the line movement is corresponding to it. It opened at 9. It ticked to 9.5. It's all the way out to 10. I like the Knicks in this spot. Am I going to play it at a 10-point spread? Probably not. I'm probably going to have no plays on this game. I think I already missed the line and missed the value. If I had to, gun to my head, nerf gun to my head, I'm going to be taking the Knicks minus 10, but I'm not going to play it. And listen, guys. Don't do the thing where you throw the minus 490 in a money line parlay. If you want to take the minus 490, play it for one unit to bring home a little less than two tenths of, or a little more than two tenths of a unit. Stop doing parlays. Don't don't put my picks in parlays. The next, another New York team, but this team they're on the road. The Brooklyn Nets go to Houston to take on the Houston Rockets. There is strong steam towards the home underdog. Houston Rockets in this contest. They opened at a plus eight and a half. It's all the way down to a plus seven. So because of the key number of the seven, seven being the most common outcome, eight being in the top four most common outcomes, it is the fourth most common outcome. I don't want to play it because I wish I could have gotten the eight and a half, knowing that this was going to steam down. If we do see eights or eight and a halves pop up again tomorrow, then I do like it. I always love backing a home underdog that's going against a team that probably shouldn't be favored by seven or eight against any team. This new Nets look, um, 
If we get it up to eight, then you're even looking at potential money line plays on the Rockets, potential escalator plays of minus three and a half, minus four and a half on the Rockets to really hit bigs. When you're seeing this much steam come in on the Rockets so quickly, it might be a situation where they just win outright. The total is also um, going towards the over. And I know I say you correlate unders with underdogs and the Rockets are an underdog. So you would expect the under to be correlated based on what I just said. The Rockets are one of those teams that's an outlier because they play games in the 140s they like to run. So if if they make this a Rockets type of game, then it probably goes over. So seeing some movement towards the over when you know who what the teams are, you start learning these themes. Te- you start learning these things when you study the market over and over again. Rockets and over are more correlated in the betting market, although generally unders and underdogs. And guys, the Rockets are always underdogs. If the Rockets aren't, actually they were favorites against the Spurs last week, but I think moving forward, the Rockets will be underdogs for every game for the rest of the season. The Warriors are traveling to OKC to take on the Thunder, and I don't know what I'm doing backing the road favorite Warriors. But this line opened at three and a half. It ticked to four and a half. I still think you can find some three and a halves in the market. I could check that for you in a second. But uh, clear action towards the Warriors in this game. There is three and a half at BetMGM. There's four at DraftKings and four and a half at FanDuel. So there's a few options for you guys based on what books you have. Caesars also has it at four. So you can grab the Warriors minus four right now. I do like that. We're also seeing movement towards the over. I think this line opened at 240. It's all the way up to 241 and a half. So a good point of movement towards the over, a good point of movement towards the Warriors. I don't know what these Sharps are seeing. I think it's maybe that SGA is clearly playing less minutes. Not only has he been sitting some games, but when he's been playing, it's been significantly less minutes. So we have Steph back. We should have Dre and Clay playing. Warriors looking like they're starting to get rolling, winning four to their last five. Of course, they had to drop one to LA without LeBron. Thank God we were on the Lakers in that one. This time I'm going to be on the Warriors as a road favorite. If I'm wrong, I probably will be. You could you could tell me like even I said so because like the, backing the the Warriors as a road favorite before the playoffs doesn't seem like a wise idea but maybe they start turning it around. The Dallas Mavericks are taking on the Utah Jazz. This line quickly moved to from six to six and a half and I grabbed it. I have a strong feeling that this moves to seven or seven and a half. The Jazz just don't look like a good second half team. The Mavericks, even though they're two and five, I think that's the record with Kyrie and Luca together. They're playing really good basketball. So the Sharps know it, and I expect this tide to turn. The books know it. They're pricing it as such. You're not really getting great value on the Mavericks here at 6.5, but I do like it. Um, again, because of the relative number that 6.5 is, knowing that 7 is the most common outcome. So 6.5 is much better than 7. So knowing that it moved from 6 to 6.5, I'm grabbing it at six and a half in case it moves to seven. If it does move back to six, it doesn't bite me as much as if it does move to seven, I would have had to grab it at seven because of the importance of the number seven. The last game that I'm on is the Memphis Grizzlies going to Los Angeles and taking on the Lakers. Of course, no jaw, no LeBron. Shannon Sharp, are you going to be the biggest star in the building? I don't even think Dylan Brooks is playing for this one. Anyways, um, Lakers opened as a minus one and a half favorite. I jumped on that immediately. A lot of a lot of situations where we've seen public and sharp aligned. 
This is another one. 79% of the bets LA, 80% of the money LA. Line moved to minus two and juice to minus 12 at minus 112 at that. Same thing for that Mavericks Jazz game, by the way. 79% of the bets Dallas, 86% of the money Dallas. That's why it moved from six to six and a half so quickly. Public and sharps are aligned throughout the board. This is kind of a slate to be to be wary of. Because you always want to fade the public, but if the sharps are on the same side of them. We got to be a little worried about what our own numbers are telling us. I'm also on the over 226 for this game. We're already seeing it tick up to 226 and a half at some places. You can still grab 226s at Caesars. Um, FanDuel and DraftKings just moved it to 226 and a half. That is all the games. That is my best bets. They are tweeted. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to me. I would love some written reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please go to the Advantage Show homepage and write a written review for me. I would love to gain some steam in the podcast following. Of course, the Twitter audience has been growing beautifully. So let's get the pod out there too. Thank you. Maybe I'll be back tomorrow. Depends if we win. As always, peace out. Don't be the